Can nurses have an impact on the environment, climate change, the chemicals we're exposed to, and other aspects of living a healthy and sustainable life? Let's talk all about the intersection of nursing practice and environmental consciousness right here in episode 251 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello, welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I am, as always, grateful that you're here whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here on the virtual airways for months or possibly even years. Thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, medicine, and beyond. And did you know you can leave a rating and review for The Nurse Keith Show? That's right. Head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, rate it one star to five stars, write a little review, let me know you did so, and I will read it and thank you on air. Whether it's negative or positive, we all want to hear it. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes, head over to nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 251. Well, we are welcoming friends of the pod, Kara Cook and Katie Huffling of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. Kara and Katie, let's get right into it. So Katie, let's start with you. Can nurses truly have an impact on the environment in all of these multifaceted ways that I mentioned at the top of the show? They definitely can. And nurses are just the right people to do it. Um, I think one of the biggest ways that we can have impacts is through advocacy. And you think about it, nurses are trained advocates. When we are taking care of a patient, we are such an important advocate for them, making sure that they're getting the care that they need uh, and making sure that their experiences in the healthcare system are positive. And this translates excellently into the environmental health realm where we are able to use our voices as the most trusted profession, look at the science and then translate it for the public and policymakers. Wow. Okay, that that is a lot to unpack. And I want to ask Kara, Kara, what would you echo or add to what Katie just shared about the impact of nurses on environmental health and the environment in general? So environmental health and nursing actually originates back to the founder of modern day nursing, Florence Nightingale, who really, um, you know, in her caring for patients during wartime made note of how clean air, adequate sanitation, many environmental factors impacted the the care and the health of her patients. And so that is carried um, forward from those times into now. And we are seeing nurses, you know, go beyond um, the walls of the healthcare system and beyond, you know, the typical practice settings and really starting to delve deeper into learning more about how the environment impacts health and then actually, you know, getting their boots on the ground and and taking action within their practice settings or within their communities or within their personal lives to address these issues. Okay. Well, you two are so erudite and so well-spoken. You have so much to say. And Katie, you mentioned advocacy. That was one of the words I really picked up on when you were just answering that question. And Caro is talking about the history of how all this came together, how Florence Nightingale brought consciousness to let's open the windows, let's let in fresh air, you know, all these different things. So 
yes, we are trained as advocates and as a devil's advocate, no, no pun intended, I'll say, what are nursing schools doing to prepare us? Because in my experience, yes, we talked about clean air and clean sheets and sterile, sterile fields and all that, but we never talked in nursing school back in the 90s about you know, being stewards of the larger world, like worrying and, and teaching people about the chemicals they use on their bodies and things like that. So Katie, what's, where has the switch happened that has woken nurses up to this issue? Well, I think um, nursing and nursing education is at a tipping point right now where um, you're correct. In the 90s, nobody was really talking about it. Um, but I think there has been such an explosion in research that really um, shows just how much of an impact the environment has on our health. And so now more and more nursing and school faculty are introducing it throughout their curriculum. Um, our organization has actually created um, curriculum insertion points that nursing faculty can use in all of the standard undergraduate and graduate nursing classes to just slide it right in and really show um, how it's woven throughout you know, any type of patient population, anywhere that nursing is going on, you can see how the environment impacts um, that patient population. Uh, another resource that we have is our education work group um, which is made up of nursing faculty from around the country. They've also created an environmental health e-textbook that's available on our website. And we were thrilled it won the 2016 Book of the Year um, from the American Journal of Nursing and Environmental Health. So um, lots of good resources there. That's wonderful. And you also won, Katie, the 2018 Charlotte Brody Award, which recognizes nurses who go beyond everyday nursing endeavors to proactively promote health and protect environmental health. So congratulations on that too. Thank you so much. It was a thrill. Um, Charlotte Brody has been an incredible nurse leader in environmental health. She's a co-founder of Healthcare Without Harm, which is another organization that works on sustainability and healthcare. And um, she's one of my um, mentors who really um, helped guide my interest um, and activities in environmental health. Great, wonderful. Um, I would love to learn more about her. So if you have information about her, if you could send it to me, we'll put it in the show notes. Definitely. Just to make sure people see that. Now, Kara, you mentioned when we were going back and forth before this, you mentioned the Nursing Collaborative on Climate Change and Health, and it's a partnership between the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, your organization, and Climate for Health, and a U.S.-based national nursing organization, a group of U.S.-based nursing organizations. So can you tell us about this partnership and what is happening when all these groups kind of come together? So the Nursing Collaborative on Climate Change and Health was actually formed, the, the idea was formed out of a, a meeting that the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments held in, um, co-hosted with the Obama administration, in which nurses were invited to discuss climate change, health, and nursing, and really come to the table and see more about what the, the profession could do in addressing this issue. And at that initial meeting in 2016, we had a 
about 16 representatives from national nursing organizations come together to be part of this roundtable discussion. And what came out of that meeting was that there needed to be better unification and coordination among the, the nursing organizations within the United States, as you know, many of these nursing organizations have limited capacity and resources, and we can really have a, a more collective impact working together. And we, from that, we formed a partnership with Climate for Health, which is a program of Eco America. And Eco America works across sectors, um, faith, business, um, municipalities, and building institutional leadership to address climate change. And then that's how we formed the Nursing Collaborative on Climate Change and Health, which is really that visible institutional nursing leadership in the U.S. in which we have nursing organizations sign on to the Nursing Collaborative, making the commitment that they would like to address climate change as a health imperative and therefore work within the memberships that they serve to raise awareness, educate their members, but then also to provide information on, on the actions that they can take, you know, on whatever spectrum, whether that's within their communities or within their institutions, um, and how they can address climate change. And at this time, we have, this has been about a, a two-year effort, and we have um, 11 national nursing organizations signed on right now. Um, and we actually just um, a few months ago had our first academic institution join as a member. That's the Center for Climate Change, Climate Justice and Health at the MGH Institute of Profession Health Professions in Boston, Massachusetts. That's great. So that was a, a really exciting turning point in, in getting an academic institution to join. Congratulations. So hopefully that's just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And if we have any icebergs left, right? And that's a terrible joke, but it's just, it's the way it is out there. Right. Um, so you're getting nursing organizations, national ones. Are you getting like state organizations like the Ohio Nurse Association or the Pennsylvania Nurse Association? Are you getting those level of, that level of involvement as well? Yeah, for the Nursing Collaborative, we focus mainly on just national organization partners, but we do partner with many state, state associations around this issue because there's a lot of great work happening in the states and many of the um, American Nursing Association affiliate organizations are, are really, um, you know, pushing to address this issue at a national level. Great. Well, I'm on the board of the New Mexico Nurses Association, so I'll see what I can do maybe to get us connected in some way on a, on a you know, organizational level. So I will look into that. And if you're a nurse out there listening and you belong to an organization, whether state, local, regional, or national, or international, get in touch with Kara and Katie so that you can partner with the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. Now, Katie, you're the executive director of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, and Kara, you're the climate change program coordinator for the organization. And I believe you have quite a few other people involved on your board and on staff. So is everyone involved a nurse or healthcare professional, or do you have people on your board who are outside the healthcare realm? Everyone on our board and all of our staff members are nurses. Um, we feel really strongly that um, nurses have such an amazing, unique perspective that we've really focused on um, 
nurses through our board leadership as well as um, in our hiring practices. Um, there's a lot of nurses that are really interested in working in the environmental health space, and there just aren't tons of um, job opportunities. So that's an area where we really try to provide opportunities for those nurses and help them gain experience and leadership skills. Great. Now, we you have three staff members, you, Katie, and you, Kara, and then Rachel Kerr. She's, she's an Environmental Health Nurse Fellowship Program Coordinator. So can we talk a little bit about this fellowship and what it means and how people might get involved when there's an opening to do so? And Kara, would you like to address that, or is it more a Katie thing? Well, I'm happy to answer. Um, okay. So the Environmental Health Nurse Fellowship Program, we launched this as an inaugural program. We launched it um, in June of, of this year. And the way that the program is structured, we have a total of 30 fellows from, and it's really from across the country. We have fellows in Alaska in um, Puerto Rico, in Texas, and, and in the Northeastern states, 30 fellows in each of the um, three or the 10 EPA regions. And each of those three fellows are paired up with a nurse mentor. What we're hoping to get out of the fellowship program is to really build um, the capacity of nurses to be able to address environmental health issues, particularly um, environmental justice issues as it relates to. Um, specific communities within the U.S. So the, the nurse fellows are tasked with partnering with a community-based organization that's working on a specific environmental health issue. And then they work with that community-based organization to develop some kind of small-scale project they, they can work on throughout the year. And the project has to be health-focused in some way. Um, and just some of the projects that are coming out of the fellowship are just so exciting. Um, and I can give you a quick example. Um, one of our, our fellow in um, Charleston, South Carolina, is working in an area that has, you know, high burdens when it relates to health disparities. Um, and she's working with them on air quality in school-age children and looking at how air quality and, and how climate change worsens air quality and, and providing education to those families and school-aged children to help, um, you know, address some of the health outcomes as it relates to air quality. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot going on with this fellowship. And when I look at your website to look at the fellowship, it's very large. And like you said, the fellows and the mentors are, well, the fellows at least are part of one of the 10 regions set up by the Environmental Protection Agency. And I'm in region six, which is Arkansas, Louisiana, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas. So if you go to environ.org, that's E-N-V-I-R-N.org. That's a very catchy um, URL, by the way. Um, Thank you. You as a listener can come here and read all about it and find out about the working groups, which are education, research, practice, policy, advocacy, and a climate change committee. So you all have a lot of people involved and there's this organization has a lot of moving parts. So do you feel that the impact of what you're doing is starting to show 
show some feedback from the nursing community? Are people happy about this? Are you getting pushback from nurses who don't believe climate change is real? Like what, Katie, what's, what's happening out there as people discover what you're doing? I think nurses, when we help to make the connection between climate change and health and show them the science on the health impacts, I think the vast majority of nurses are quickly engaged. Um, we very rarely have negative feedback around it uh, because you know we're already seeing so many of these climate change impacts in our patient populations, whether it's from poor air quality, from wildfires to increasing ranges of vector diseases like Lyme disease and West Nile virus. So I think nurses really get that. And I think, you know, a core part of the nursing practice is preventing disease. And so nurses see this as an opportunity to help prevent disease and improve the health of their patients. So I, I think that, um, the more nurses are finding out about these issues, the more they're engaging with us. And we have so many people every month signing up for our newsletter on our website, asking us how to be engaged in the work groups. And so I think it's just snowballing. It's really amazing. Yeah, well, this is the time, isn't it? This is the time for people to step up and get involved, right? I mean, there's, there's no question in my mind and your minds, <laughs> that stuff's happening out there and we need to respond. And I think there's lots of pushback, even from the EPA, I'm afraid, about this sort of stuff. So that policy advocacy level is so important. And, you know, nurses aren't really, in my estimation, trained very well to be advocates, but it does happen. And, you know, when I look at your website, we have the health the, the Environmental Health Nurse Fellowship, we have this whole movement of nurses committed to climate action. Then you have your free e-textbook, Environmental Health and Nursing, and you also have this collaborative Climate for Health that we were talking about. And there's also information here about if nurses want to get involved in a specific issue, like if you need tools and resources to support healthier water in your community, for instance. So have you all heard from nurses who live in places like Flint, Michigan, who are up in arms and wanting to do something? Are you hearing from people in communities that are really in crisis? Oh, definitely. And that's actually one of the reasons that we started the Nurse Fellowship is uh, we hear from nurses fairly frequently, as well as from communities who could use the expertise of a nurse. Um, and so one of the things that we do, especially in the policy and advocacy work group, is um, provide uh, webinars and trainings around how to be advocates. And I have to tell you, um, you know, I take nurses to visit policymakers all the time, and it's such an amazing trans transformation. You'll The first visit, a lot of the nurses maybe little shy or timid, they don't ha haven't found their voice. And by the third or fourth visit, they are so confident because we know the health of our patients and we are such important advocates when we talk about what we're seeing in our patient population and then helping to make that connection to that environmental issue that we're talking about. Uh, it, it's really wonderful. And policymakers really listen to nurses. 
Um, I, one of the first things I do when I um, go visit with policymakers is ask them if they have any nurses in their family. And 90% of the time, they, they have a close family member that's a nurse. So you have that immediate connection. And then once you start helping them understand how the environment impacts health, it, it's just really amazing. Wow. So it sounds like there's people out there really spreading the gospel of this work. And it's so important for nurses to wake up to this issue and realize that we actually can say something and that we have, we've been educated to be able to talk to people about the effects of, let's say, um, air pollution on asthma, for instance, right? So there's the information's out there, and I thank you for, for spreading it so widely. And we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about opportunities for nurses to get involved. I want to talk about continuing education for nurses around climate, and then anything else you want to share. So we will be right back for the second half of episode 251. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty nifty premiums and gifts directly from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash nurse Keith. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi-weekly message just for you. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, even if they do one session, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. And you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. Remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits over time. What a deal. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. Thanks for hanging out here at the Nurse Keith Show. We are at episode 251 and the show notes, of course, are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode 251. And we are with Katie Huffling and Kara Cook of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, and we've been talking all about the the policy work, advocacy work, and down and dirty work that we have to do as nurses, if we choose to, to get involved and help reverse what's happening in the world and educate the public and other healthcare professionals. So, Kara, as the climate change program coordinator for this for the organization, and you focus on elevating climate and health as a national priority by engaging nurses and nursing organizations in advocacy and education. So if you, if someone reaches out to your organization, the ANHE, what do they often ask for? Like they're like, if they want your help, are they looking for something specific? You know, it, it varies. Many um, nurses are really looking just for some additional resources that they can tap into to, to learn more about climate change and health. But other other nurses might have some more specific questions. And um, 
you know, a, a common question I get is from nurses who are working in a healthcare institution and they notice something like the, the large amount of waste or, you know, some other sustainability related issue that they'd like to address. And they, they're really looking for, you know, how do I move this forward? How do I get started? And, um, you know, with our organization, since we are, you know, a network of nurses across the country and even internationally, we kind of work as these connectors. So we know where nurses are doing these pockets of work. And I can connect you with a nurse who is maybe in your area, um, local, local area that you can connect with and potentially, you know, work together on a specific issue. Or we have a, a lot of amazing nurses that have been pioneers in environmental health. And so if there's a specific issue that I know one of our expert nurses has been working on, I can easily connect them to that nurse and, and help them get some more ideas of how they can, they can move forward. In addition, you know, a lot of times it's really just nurses wanting to, to connect with like-minded nurses or nurses who are doing this work. And that's where our, our four work groups and our climate change committee are really helpful for um, getting nurses across the country, talking with each other, brainstorming ideas, um, you know, building that solidarity and that um, momentum for action and, and helps them feel that, you know, I'm not in this alone and there's other nurses doing this and it really helps provide that, that motivation to kind of keep moving forward. Brilliant. Okay. So, so people reach out to you for multifaceted reasons, right? And sometimes it's for a specific issue or sometimes it's because they don't want to feel isolated in with this issue. Cause you know, there are people out there who think about this stuff all the time. I'm one of them. And then there's other people for whom it's not really on their radar and it needs to be on more of our radars, of course, because things are you know, things are changing out there and we need to take action. So speaking of taking action, Katie, I signed up for your newsletter at envirn.org. Now, if I wanted to join the organization, is there a way to become a member of AHNE? Well, we consider everyone um, who's on our listserv okay. as a member. Um, we're not a um, membership organization. And uh, when we were formed, it was um, the, the leadership that uh, formed the organization created us um, not as a um, membership organization because they wanted all of our information and resources to be readily available to everyone. Um, so everything on our website is free to access, and so um, we're really easy to join. Um, you can also join any of our work groups. They have monthly calls and webinars, and those have separate um, listservs as well, um, where the members of those work groups can have um, email conversations back and forth. And those are usually for folks that want to be a little more engaged as opposed to just getting a newsletter a couple times a month. I see. Well, I will be getting your newsletter, but when I go to your website under work groups, there's a drop down education, research, practice, policy, dash advocacy, and the climate change committee. So if I click on climate change committee, it takes me to the global nurses climate change committee page. And it tells me that there's a meeting the third Thursday of every month at five o'clock Eastern for one hour. And there's a way to dial in or, or call in from your computer. So all I need to do actually is just 
call into the call and listen in, right? Definitely. And then I can actually sign up for the committee listserv if I want more. And there's a place to sign up right there on the page. And then it says, contact Kara if you'd like more information. So it looks pretty easy to be able to take action right from your website. And, you know, I'll say that I have had, and my wife has had mild chemical sensitivity for a long time. It used to be very severe. And under your drop-down menu, our work, you even have a list of chemicals and it tells you what's in various chemicals that we find in our products. And, you know, people like nurses need to realize that when you use certain laundry products or use certain chemicals on your clothing, for instance, or your personal care products, it gets into your body. So, Kara, what would you say about are are nurses that you talk to, are they, where are the blind spots that you find for a lot of people in healthcare? Like things that you find like, wow, I, they, I can't believe they've never thought of that before. Are you finding that a lot? Yeah, I th- and I think that's also what brings nurses to contact us or to our organization is they start to see something within their practice, whether it be they, they um, you know, hear about some kind of chemical exposure or they're, you know, living in a community and they're, they're seeing some kind of, you know, weird health issues that might be coming in or, or something just seems a little bit off and then they start to research it more. And then they reach out to us and say, and, you know, provide us the example that's going on and, and you know, asking us for more information. Um, but when, in terms of, you know, blind spots or anything like that, I would say because nursing education uh, across the board, uh, all levels of nursing education doesn't consistently include environmental health in curriculum, it tends to be an area that nurses don't necessarily think about or think that they can practice in um, and, you know, exposing them to our content or, you know, other environmental organizations getting involved with them um, really kind of helps open their eyes in, in that, oh, these environmental factors may be playing a, a bigger role than I expected um, beyond, you know, our typical things we think about diet, lifestyle, etc. And so I think having that, you know, exposure really does help open um, up new, new doors for nurses to get more involved. I see. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we all have blind spots. I work really hard to live in a really sustainable way. Um, I've been switching out anything that comes in plastic. You know, I've started to order shampoo bars that you wash your hair with. They're like bars of soap rather than plastic. I, I've subscribed to several mail order, um, companies that provide different types of uh, natural biodegradable cleaners. I have one that the refills come in little uh, milk cartons rather than plastic. And then you just refill your container over and over and over again. So there's lots of little things we can do at home. And I think uh, you might hear George the cat. He's on my on my desk, he's desperate for food. So George, you can tell the whole audience that you're desperate. Anyway, um, his environmental health involves making sure there's food, you know, every six hours or so. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. So the thing is here that, yes, we can do these practices at home. And 
I used to be frustrated. I never worked in a hospital. I've worked in home health and other organizations. I get frustrated even if I visit someone in the hospital or when I'm in the hospital, which I've been several times the last few years. And it's like, yes, we can have individual consciousness, but when we're dealing with a really large organization and we want to say, hey, look at all the waste. What could we do about our hospital waste? Or why are we using chemicals that can actually affect the lungs of patients with respiratory issues? So Katie, what would you say to a nurse out there thinking, yeah, this is all great, but I work in an organization with 600 employees and how can I make a dent in what this huge organization does? What would you say to that nurse who is not desperate, but frustrated? We speak to nurses like that all the time. And okay. uh, one of the first things I would recommend is see if your hospital has a green team. Um, these are interdisciplinary groups uh, that look at what kind of waste is there in the hospital? What are the products you're using? Where does your energy come from? So there's you know, different green teams focus on different things. Um, so that would be my first recommendation. And if there isn't a green team, there's lots of tools, both on our website, as well as on Healthcare Without Harm, on how to get one of those started. And it's a really great opportunity for nurse leadership if you're a nurse trying to um, incorporate more leadership skills within your nursing practice. I see. And then, I, and I think there's also things that you can look at on your unit. You know, there's I think as an example, um, the labor and delivery unit I worked on as a nurse midwife. We had such issues around people putting non-red bag waste in the red bags. And so doing lots of education among the staff, being really clear to patients and family members what was appropriate to put in which trash can, that's an environmental health issue. Um, and, and it was really effective getting that education why it's so important not to be putting non-red bag waste in the red bags. <laughs> right. Yeah, we've seen that. I've seen it everywhere all over the place. I mean, even when I was working in a community uh, health center in Massachusetts, um, I had to keep training my team over and over again where to put the recycling. And I would have to go through the trash every day at five o'clock, the end of my day, go through the trash, pull out all the recycling and take the recycling home because the clinic didn't recycle. So it's those types of frustrations that happen. And you know, it's kind of maddening. If you know, if you're aware of this stuff and, you know, you talk about environmental health in the hospital, say you have a nurse who wears really strong cologne or perfume and she's taking care of a patient with a respiratory issue. And they're like, why is the patient wheezing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's a simple environmental fix. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Definitely. I think healthcare institutions um, can implement uh, mm -hmm. fragrance-free policies, which is great. Um, you know, it's frustrating when you go into a healthcare institution and you're in the bathroom and they've got automatic spritzers. Oh, like, gosh. again, it's, it's <laughs> the worst. It is. But then I also think, you know, healthcare institutions are always looking at the bottom line and there's so many ways that we can address environmental health issues that also have a positive impact on the hospital's bottom line. So helping to make your hospital management or healthcare 
uh, management team aware of those cost savings that can come from implementing some of these environmental health uh, pieces, I think is really important. And I mean, just using the red bag waste um, example, red bag waste is 10 times or more costly than regular waste for the hospital to dispose of. So by um, reducing the amount of red bag waste, you can have significant cost savings at that healthcare institution. Mm, right. And I think when executives or the bean counters in large organizations hear things like stewardship of the environment, or they hear, you know, change the products that we use or the solvents or the, the cleaners or anything like that, and we want to reduce waste, I think they, they immediately start to think, is this going to be expensive? Right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Is this going to hit the bottom line? However, have you, have you all heard of the concept of the triple bottom line? Yes. Yeah. So, um, Katie, do you want to explain to anyone out there listening what the triple bottom line is? I'm going to get the three things incorrectly. I can tell. <laughs> Kara, okay. do, do, you want, can, do you want to say it? Or Kara? Sure. Or Kara, do you know? Um, I'm, is this isn't a test. Yeah. No, I'm not as, I don't think I could articulate it. So keep, please feel okay. free. <laughs> So the, the concept of the triple bottom line, I've talked about it on the show before, is people, planet, and profits. So when we hear bottom line, we're also, we, we generally think money, right? Bottom line. But there are other bottom lines to consider here. Like my wife and I probably spend an extra few hundred dollars a year or more to buy all these products that have replaced the ones we use. And if some of them are premium products, that's our choice. We could make them ourselves out of baking soda and vinegar and all this stuff, but it takes time. So we spend a little extra, and that's part of our planetary bottom line as at, in the way we run our household, right? So in a large organization, how, I guess you really need the education to be able to address that, right, Kara? I mean, if you go to someone in your organization with an idea how do you arm yourself so that you can present a, a salient argument that speaks to what they're thinking and also addresses what you're thinking? Yeah, so it, it depends on um, what institution you're going to be working with. And for hospitals okay. and health systems, a great resource is uh, Healthcare Without Harm. They have um, a, a Slew of information about different initiatives that nurses can either implement themselves, you know, be the um, ones moving those forward within the health institution, or work with their leadership or green teams or whoever to institute those. Um, and they also provide some information on, you know, specific health benefits of, of implementing these in, uh, initiatives, as well as cost savings, which is is typically what um, a healthcare administrator or leader is going to be looking at. Um, And so it's important to kind of have all that information going forward and understanding, um, you know, not only presenting the the health impacts of um, specific environmental issues and pollution associated with healthcare facilities, but presenting how, you know, doing waste reduction initiatives or, you know, reducing the amount of printing and, and paper use or whatever, how that can save the institution money in addition to be health, healthier for patients. Mm. 
I mean, coupling that together can provide a really persuasive argument um, for hospital leadership. Mm, okay. So we need to be able to, to, as individuals, we have to find our voice, right? We need to, we need to go in there feeling confident that we have the information at our fingertips to be able to educate our our leaders or whoever's out there, right? So it sounds like there's a very important aspect of this in terms of being able to bring yourself to the table. You know that old saying, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And I think nurses have learned that the hard way over the years. So Kara, when a nurse comes to the organization really wanting education, it sounds like you have many, many opportunities and inroads for nurses to educate themselves, right? Absolutely. And I also want to um, uplift uh, one of our initiatives we have in partnership with Healthcare Without Harm, because this really speaks to a lot of the issues we're talking about. And um, that is the Nurses Climate Challenge, which is um, it's a, a national education campaign to educate health professionals on climate and health with nurses leading the education. Um, so how the Nurses Climate Challenge works is um, nurses can go to nursesclimatechallenge.org. They can register to become a nurse climate champion. And after they do that, they will have access to a slew of resources um, to learn more about climate change and health, but then also to be able to educate their health professional colleagues. Um, so some examples of the resources include PowerPoint presentations that you can use in a staff meeting or at, you know, grand rounds or something like that to educate your colleagues, as well as tips for actions you can take in the workplace and at home. And then we're um, most recently adding some more advocacy resources. So how do you talk to an elected official? How do you talk to a hospital uh, administrator on a specific um, policy or specific hospital initiative you'd like implemented. Um, also, how do you um, maybe write an opinion piece for your local newspaper on this topic? Just more, you know, resources to help nurses move from education to action. Mm, from education to action. I love that. Now, on the website, nursesclimatechallenge.org, which is linked from the, the header of your website, it says you want to educate 50,000 health professionals on climate and health by 2022. And so far, you have 11,873. So you've almost a quarter of the way there, right? And 50,000 health professionals is a lot of people out there getting the education they need. So Katie, as the executive director, is this a really, really important piece for you in terms of educating our colleagues and our peers? Oh, definitely. I think it's really empowering for nurses. We have um, so many great nurse leaders and it gives you all of the tools so that you don't have to feel like you need to be a climate change expert um, in order to um, be educating your healthcare colleagues. So I think it's a really awesome tool. We also have, um, and then we're hoping will be a global movement starting. We're still putting the finishing touches on it, but it's going to be using the best available evidence, very strong evidence on where we can both individually and collectively make the most impact around climate change. 
and it's going to be the top five things that nurses can do to address climate change. And um, we're hoping that we can really exponentially have nurses engaged in making incredible impacts. Mm, that was my next question was moving beyond the United States. So it sounds like that initiative is already underway. Yes. So we're, we're hoping that this will be a global movement. Uh, we really are um, going to be targeting um, some of the countries that we haven't had as much outreach to, um, especially in low and middle income countries, because they're the ones feeling the most impacts already. And so we really need to be hearing from them, engaging them, and um, we really want them to be part of this movement. Great. Yeah. And when I go to the website of Healthcare Without Harm at noharm.org, it says it has you choose your region, Latin America, Asia, Europe, US and Canada, or global. So they have five regions for people to choose from if they want to get involved at that level. So there's press releases, there's all sorts of information at noharm.org as well. And I really want people to go to envirn, environ. Dot org to read more about the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. So I signed up for your newsletter, and I want to explore the the working the work groups. Um, I'm specifically interested in the Climate Change Committee, and I'll look into that. And I just I'm very moved and so inspired by the fact that you all are out there doing this amazing work. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege to work for the Alliance and to get to work with mm. so many amazing nurses. Like I come into work every day excited and I just love it so much. Their nurses have such an amazing voice and perspective and to work with all of these passionate nurses around the country and the world. Oh, it's just a thrill. That's wonderful. Now, Kara, is there anything, because you're the, you're the program coordinator and you do a lot of education as well, anything we haven't covered that you'd just like to mention or any other thing you want a listener out there to really tune into? Yeah, so I think it's, it's just important for nurses to realize that there is um, you know, space for, for nurses to really engage around environmental issues particularly around climate change, since it's something that is really going to be impacting many environmental health issues that we experience, as well as many you know, public health issues. Um, and so just knowing that we are here to, you know, provide support, to listen to your thoughts and ideas, to, you know, potentially launch programs or initiatives based off those ideas. And just, you know, please feel free to use us as a resource and, um, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to us and ask questions. Um, we love connecting with nurses across the country and internationally and hearing about the amazing work that you all are all doing. Um, and we're also happy to share that on our Facebook and social media pages and in our newsletter. So please let us know the exciting work that you're doing. Great. Okay. Thank you for that. That's really wonderful. And you all are doing great work. I hope to get involved on whatever level I can. And I hope there's someone out there who wants to do the same. So I do encourage everyone to go to the website and check you all out. So thank you so much to both of you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. This has been really great. 
Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to episode 251 of the Nurse Keith Show. There's going to be lots of good information for you at the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 251. Make sure you check out the show notes, sign up for their newsletter, and make sure you tune in to the work of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode, and I hope you'll take inspired action, especially in light of what you have learned today from this episode. And if you head over to nursekeith.com to the resources drop-down menu, you will find lots of resources, including jobs, free BLS, ACLS, and PALS certification the first time you do it, lots of other stuff to check in. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his team at thepodcastinggroup.com. And Mark Cappiespeason is our social media ringmaster. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And Katie Huffling bidding you adieu from Washington, D.C. And Kara Cook coming to us from Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, Maryland, the Mid-Atlantic area. Well, thank you both. And I'm sure you're going to hear from people about this episode and we will catch everyone on the flip side.